Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I'm tired, man. I could not go to sleep last night. Is that right? Well, it's mainly because I came back from the game store and I had to watch The Flash. And so, like, I watched it. For some reason, after that episode, I, I just I, I couldn't I couldn't fall asleep. Man, it was a good one. I'm I'm really excited to dive into it. Before we do, we got to tell you about a couple of things. First of all, we do broadcast this show live every single Wednesday night after Arrow, uh, specifically the uh, Central, what is that? Central Eastern time air airing time. Uh, Central Daylight, or I guess it's now Central Standard Time. It's this half of the country. When this half of the country watches Arrow, and I know we've got an international audience, so th- this half of these United States, once we get done watching Arrow, uh, we, we go live with Flash TV Talk. 124th of the world. It, but there you go. Well, it, it, time zone-wise, it might not be population-wise. I don't, I don't know. I haven't done those numbers. Yeah, you're not calculating for Aquaman. That's true. Aquaman watches Arrow at Aqua Time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Thank you very much, Green Claw in the chat, looking out for us. Um, we'd love for you to join us. We've got a great chat room. They love to uh, enjoy all of the wonderful bantering and arguing. Not arguing. A lot of different debating with different characters. And man, we have got some crazy debating uh, speculation, especially with our favorite character, H.G. Wells. More on that in just a moment. Bell, Arrow just finished. Boomerang. You mean... Captain Boomerang? Crikey. Yes, sir. Captain nice. freaking Boomerang. You need Which to. You're like, look at the size of my boomerang. Crikey. <laughs> he like throws it. And he's like, I'm going to get you, Oliver Queen. Honestly, With... he, he did have kind of a, a good, you know, a good boomerang always comes back line uh, that he that he had at the end of it. And he's, I can't remember what, what the deal is. It looks like they're going to tie him in possibly to something that happened in Oliver's past. But we do know, well. You know what? I should save all that for spoilers because, uh, of course, Arrow and Flash will be crossing over in the extreme near future. Bell, one more thing before we get started today. Um, you know, you and I, we do this podcast. We do another one called Panel to Screen, and 
you know, we we are part of the Pottery Network. Very proud to be. And right now at Pottery is our fundraising season. Now, the way this works is if you like the content that you're enjoying right now, and for many of you, you may have just discovered us. So, you know, you might want to give us a couple an episodes to kind of make sure that that we're your cup of tea. But if you like what you're listening to right now, head over to uh, flashtvtalk.com. In the top right of the page, you'll see a big green button that says support. If you click that, that'll take you to our Patreon account, and you can be willing to donate us a couple of dollars. So basically, if you think that what you're enjoying right now is worth two bucks a month, put that in there for two bucks a month. We really appreciate it. And the great thing is, as part of this fundraising season that we're in, which is from now till the end of the year, uh, at the end of the year, whatever our total amount is for the entire network, we're going to make a donation of 50% of that to Make-A-Wish. We love Make-A-Wish. We did something very similar last year, and uh, and so we're really looking forward to do this. So head over to flashtvtalk.com and then click on support and support us through our Patreon account. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things, you know, if we feel that we've earned your money, uh, then this is a great way to, to, to show us. <laughs> it's also <laughs> a great way to help benefit a great cause, yeah. and that is uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So uh, if you feel like we've earned it, go ahead, click on that green button. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things, too, is we don't we don't want to bombard you all the time or anything like that. We, we do very much a fundraising season, which is this at the end of the year. And so uh, after the end of the year, we won't bring it up until next year anyway. And so. Uh, so, yeah, there's that, I guess. I always yeah. I always feel a little awkward about doing this. But at the same time, we got to keep the lights on. Well, yeah. And, and that's that's what I really like about uh uh, the Smarter Everyday YouTube series is that's what he always says. He always says, you know, if I've if I've earned your subscription, here's the button you can click. So I, I, I feel the same way. Like we we try our very best to put out a product that we hope you'll like. And if you do like it and you feel that we've earned the uh, the hard earned money from your wallet, then that makes us feel super special. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you know, because we, we try really hard to put a product out that we hope you guys like. And if you do like it and you and you feel like showing us, then this is a real good way to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, man, enough of that. Let's jump into The Flash. The Rundown. Episode 6, The Flash is Born. Yes, he is. Of course, this was directed by Millicent Shelton and the story by Bell. Uh, Jamie Pagila and Chris Rafferty. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Iris is visited by the streak, who again pleads with her to stop writing about him. Before she can finish, Barry speeds off to stop a car thief. Barry confronts the thief, but when he hits him, he, uh, the thief's skin turns to steel, and Barry breaks his hand. Barry runs back to the lab before he can uh, get hurt further. The thief is identified as Tony Woodward, who was Barry's childhood bully. Barry and the team discover Tony's hideout, and Barry rushes in without a plan to try and defeat him. Tony gets the upper hand again, and Barry is beaten up and left for dead. Back at the lab, Cisco determines that if Barry can hit Tony at over 800 miles an hour at the right angle, then he can create enough force to compromise Tony's metal structure. Tony kidnaps Iris and demands that she write about him. Barry arrives and successfully hits the speed necessary to temporarily disable Tony's abilities. Afterwards, Tony is locked away in Star Labs, and Iris renames her hero The Flash. Meanwhile, Joe is visited by the metahuman that killed Barry's mother, who steals the case files and threatens Joe to drop his investigation. All right, so if you've listened to this show for any number of episodes, we don't necessarily go in order as they actually occurred um, because we just kind of jump to what we want to geek out about. We make sure we talk about all the characters, but I can't, I can't even like hold myself in, man. The whole Papa Joe, H.G. Wells story this episode was yeah. crazy intense. Super good. <laughs> yeah, like, man. I, I liked, I, you know, I, I read some stuff uh, about this uh, 
episode, some people were were negative, saying that it what? was like the worst of the crop. And I'm like, whoa. I, they were saying they they were saying, however, that uh, the the H G Wells, uh, you know, Papa West scenes were what held it together. But I, I disagree. Like I thought I thought the whole episode was good overall. Like I enjoyed it. Interesting. I see. I haven't I hadn't read that. I guess I should be. You know, one of the things I try to do after watching the episode is I try to stay uh, steer clear from other people's reviews because I don't want it to necessarily taint my own uh, thoughts from the from the episode. Well, yeah. I always I always watch the episode and then the next day I try to read other people's opinions to gauge what the overall opinion of the episode was interesting man now, no, i thought this was i thought this was a phenomenal episode i mean granted the girder character um i've got some opinions on on him like he got he really got on my nerves and that's and i think that's kind of intentional i think that character is yeah. supposed to get on your nerves but uh, i did kind of cringe every single time he walked into a room with these like crazy massive muscles and let me tell you about my big gym and <laughs> wasn't feeling it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and you know, like the granted, I was reading this review on IO9, and those guys tend to be guys and gals, I guess, over there tend to be uh, uh, hipsters about movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And so, you know, if it wasn't like absolutely perfect, then it's, you know, not worthy. But you know, I did, I, I, I really enjoyed the episode, and you know, I, I appreciate reading their reviews. And so, you know, there are things that they mentioned that just bothered the crap out of them that just didn't really bother me, and I guess that's because. I like the show a lot yeah. <laughs> and I'm willing to, you know, exceptions for certain things. But yeah, I, I was, I was impressed by the episode. I really liked it. Yeah. All right. So right off the, uh, right off the, uh, the bat, you got the Iris and Barry once again, meeting up with, uh, you know, the flash voice and all that good stuff, telling her that she needs to stop doing her thing. And I love that, man. I love that they kind of continue that whole, you know, I, I, I don't want to call it a relationship, but, but maybe that's that line of communication between Iris and the flash. Yeah, it's and it's, it was also kind of uh, telling and, and and sort of poignant when she meets up with the Flash and and uh, you know Pretty Boy calls, Pretty Eddie, Ricky. and she's just like ignore, <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, yeah, sorry, Eddie, yeah, that was that was pretty intense, but uh, yeah, I, I like their little meetups though. It's like you know, basically, I'm sitting here in this coffee shop, and all of a sudden, I'm on the roof, <laughs> and let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but as you recall, like. She just posts out a blog post and immediately the flash shows up. Yeah, now that's <laughs> that that's what's interesting is because, you know, I guess he has he I'll, I'll bet, I'll bet he has that like uh the blog on an RSS reader or something like that so he knows. Even still, man, I don't think I don't know, he clearly does not have AT&T. I don't know where he gets the internet update that quickly. Where she <laughs> said, I mean, even when I click send on uh on a blog post, it takes, you know, a minute or two to actually go to the hosting site and then post out. And then the RSS readers are typically a little bit delayed after that. But somehow the Flash got all of that stuff done and bypassed it completely. Well, you have to understand that when the uh, particle accelerator exploded, it actually <laughs> uh, caused Every the Internet in that particular region to be the meta Internet. And so it's a lot faster. OK, I want the meta Internet. That needs to be a thing. It's called Google Fiber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming to Austin, Texas, and I'm super excited. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh, so far, I think it's only down south below the river, so that's not me yet. But as soon as it comes, I'm so happy because I'm going to just burn my Time Warner cable stuff <laughs> like in front of their offices, and it's going to be awesome. Man, tell me how that works out because I've, uh, I've always been kind of curious about the Google Fiber. Yeah, yeah. I, I just – yeah, I can't wait. So, okay, so we get uh, – Iris is continuously working on her blog. You know, there has been a large outcry for this blog to become less fictional and more real. 
Um, people have made kind of comparisons to John Watson's blog on the uh, television show uh, Sherlock over on BBC. Great and, show. Oh, yeah, oh, wonderful show. And so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of all for that. We need Iris's blog to, to be a thing. And by that, do you mean you want one of the fans to like kind of do something like this? Or do you want the CW to actually go and like hire writers and, and do stuff like that? Uh, I kind of want it to be connected to the show because I want it to be some inside stuff, kind of expand the world of Central City and, you know, what's going on between the episodes. Well, speaking of inside stuff, uh, during the one of the commercial breaks, there is a preview that they had for some kind of interview series that uh, Daniel Panabaker is going to host. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that should be fun. But I mean, I think that's going to be more behind the scenes rather than, you know, like I said, world building. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what's going on at the Big Belly Burger, you know, or, or what, uh, what, uh, you know, the Flash. Maybe it wasn't the Flash. That's the other thing. You could actually sneak in some other characters. Uh, that's, you know, the the Flash came in and saved the day, or so we think. But in actuality, it may have been, you know, Arrow or somebody else. Yeah, a nice little bit of world building there. That, that that's something they they should explore. But, you know, who knows? Uh, Green Claw is calling you out. Candace Patton is actually who's hosting that. Oh, okay. So, okay. I was thinking, I couldn't remember if it was Candace Patton who was hosting or if it was Daniel Panabaker who was hosting. But either way, Candace, Danielle, and. Um, what, Carlos? Carlos. There we go. Yeah. And Carlos, all three of them will be featured in there. Yeah. Yeah. It should be good. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Um, all right. Barry and Iris, they're starting to kind of mend their relationship. And at the same time, we're actually seeing Barry start to. I mean, I don't know if it's a friendship per se, but he's starting to kind of deal with Eddie. Yeah. It's 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 interesting how that because I think I think it's more of Eddie dealing with Barry, mm. honestly, because, you know, Eddie comes out and he says, look, I was threatened by you before, but now I think we can be friends. But Barry's totally threatened by Eddie. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I get that his problem with Eddie has to do deal with, you know, obviously he's dating uh, Iris and that's, you know, that is the the girl of his dreams. But I never really got the opinion that Eddie is that bad of a guy. He's never a jerk to um, to Barry. I mean, I'm not remembering him being a jerk to Barry whatsoever. But yeah, no, he's not. Barry even has a line in there. He's like, "Ah, oh, speaking of pain," and it's right when Eddie's calling him. And I kind of thought that was a little unwarranted. Well, I I think it's more of a it's a pain in his neck, as in like this guy. I think he wants a reason to dislike him, but he doesn't really have that other than the fact that he's dating the girl of his dreams yeah and i guess this episode you know we really haven't gotten a chance to see them working or really kind of experiencing something together right they're, they're uh clear, in the past it's just been them on the crime scene or, or real quick hey barry get me this or you know oh hey barry i'm gonna go make out with iris right in front of you you know we haven't really gotten a chance to see them like <laughs> hanging out yeah yeah and so uh the the, the fighting scene you know where, where he's uh, training on the heavy bag that <laughs> Need to was, go punch that was... something well i don't yeah. think he means you <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Although I did uh, wonder, because I, you know, aside from the fact that those two are actually hanging out, I got the feeling that that scene was supposed to imply that Barry is either learning something or somehow this was going to help him with his fight against Girder. But how? Because in no form or fashion is that a challenge to Barry. Is what a challenge to Barry? Well, just boxing, hitting, like even even just hitting the, um, you know, the uh, the thing Happy that back. hangs down from the loft Dory. The heavy bag. The, the, yeah, the heavy bag. Even just punching in the heavy bag, or punching bag. That's what that thing is called. Well, they're called heavy bags. Oh, fair enough. Because well, anyway, they're heavy bags that you punch. That would make some sense. Anyway, just punching that, though, with Eddie right there, like, 
that doesn't how is that how's that helping him well it, it's it's not necessarily the the fact that he's punching the thing it's what eddie was saying the whole time yeah he said it's, it's not about you know fighting and, and knowing it, it, it's about throwing the right punch right the one punch that's going to do it oh, and that's basically what this yeah. whole episode was about was that one punch okay i completely forgot that that's a good point yeah yeah because the you know like because they're sitting there saying oh well if you go this fast if you hit him once then that's going to do it and then i i guess barry's kind of you know skeptical about it or whatever and then he talks to eddie and eddie's like dude it's the one punch you know you don't have to be a good fighter you just got to get one punch in you got to know what to do and so he's like Everybody's telling me to hit this guy once, so I'm just going to run faster than the speed of sound and hit him. That was amazing. Super cool. So, Girder, just kind of the way that they display this character on the screen, I really love how they ended up working things out. Because, you know, obviously this is much more like a Colossus, Man of Steel type of look to him. Uh, and given that the Girder in the comics is basically all these like lifelike beams, it was cool to see Cisco creating essentially the Girder from the comics for Barry to practice on. Yeah, and like I referred to him as like, you know, you'll fight, we'll train you with this girder, but your girder is right. going to be, you know, <laughs> and he just mentions it like that. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping more for like a more rusted kind of look, honestly, but yeah. I like, I thought it looked good. I thought what the, I thought the visual effects looked good, and I thought what they did with him looked good. I was just kind of hoping for the more traditional, you know, rusty comic book kind of look. Yeah, it's hard to explain that in the context of the story, though, right? I mean, if the idea is that he can turn himself into metal. He's not going to turn himself into aged or worn metal. Right. Um, and then as far as like the, the test girder dummy, uh, you know, Cisco's not going to make something that's old and busted. Right. Right. No, I understand that. I'm just thinking like the way they did the accident, you know, maybe it's something where, so he's in this slag, right? He falls into the, into the vat. Right. And everybody freaks out, thinks he's dead. Well, he cracks out of it and it's been 10 months or something like that. And now he's rusted. He's tarnished because the place has been abandoned. You got water coming in stuff like that. So he steps out of this, you know, cracks out of this dried iron thing. And he's all like, oh, I'm rust man and rusty and stuff. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cisco would have called him rusty and it would have never worked. Well, he looks like a rusted girder. Oh, That's but, what we'll call him. Girder. Done. You know, the funny thing is, I can imagine, I actually kind of was worried early on that Cisco naming the guy, the bad guys, as cool as I love it in, in theory, I thought in practice it would drive me crazy, but it has not. I love it. Every single episode, the way that Cisco comes up with the, the nicknames for the bad guys. Yeah, no, I agree, because that, that was the thing I was sort of like, okay, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to call these guys? Because in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I, when they come across a bad guy from the comic books... Don't compare this to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, I'm, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, off, that's like apples to very rotten oranges. Oh! <laughs> let's, let, let's check the negativity at the door there, Bo. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> but uh, Save that and, for and, panel to screen. Yeah, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like when they introduce comic book villains... And in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't really ever recall them mentioning their names. It's usually their actual given name, not their villain name. Okay. And it was kind of like, you know, I don't I don't know if they just did if they did it to try not to be hokey or something like that. I don't know. But it was weird because I'm like, okay, we have Absorbing Man. We have all these, you know, villains that you're bringing in. Why aren't you actually mentioning them by the name they're referred to in the comics? I'm like, whatever. And then Flash does this. Like, they, they do both. They'll, they'll talk about both the the guy's name and uh like this one it was it was uh tony woodward and girder they refer to him by both names and i really like that i like that they're actually putting these names in here because it helps me as somebody who 
uh, doesn't know as much about the Flash, I can, oh, I like that villain. Girder was a cool villain. Let me go look him up online and I can read stuff about him or find comic books that he's in and stuff like that. So I, I, I like how they're doing that. I agree with you on that. I like how they're throwing in the names of the comic uh, uh, villains. Well, part of that, too, is it's very different. What The, the audience that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, has been trying to appeal to, although I don't think they're necessarily doing that anymore, but... Um, you know, they were trying to kind of appeal to a much broader audience, whereas The Flash uh, is trying to very much appeal to its base, right? It's very much trying to appeal to the DC Comics uh, Arrow fans, Flash fans. That is who they're going after. And so they can get away with more what some might consider campy. Now, they don't necessarily do it in a campy way, but, you know, with kind of, you know, Captain Cold and, and you know, what will very soon be Captain Boomerang and, and just kind of throwing in all these type of elements or or just the bully you know the flash fighting his childhood bully in the very locker room where he used to get bullied you know like <laughs> yeah that kind of stuff we eat that kind of stuff up and so they're they're not trying to be all things to all men and i think actually in doing so they're actually getting a much wider audience than agents of shield who was trying to do that now agents of shield is trying to kind of fix themselves in the back end and we're seeing that but as far as the flash goes man they know what they are and it allows them to do a lot of things. Speaking of the bullying as kids, what did you think about the flashbacks this time? So I thought they're pretty interesting. Uh, the, like it's it, it's weird. This week has been a bullying week. I know uh, for superhero TV shows. Are you uh, are you what what else are you referring to? Well, I'm referring to Gotham. Yeah, young Bruce training with Alfred over on Gotham, and here we've got uh, uh, I guess little little Barry training with Papa Joe and uh, and also little Iris. <laughs> Little, beats the crap out of him yeah <laughs> he's like you want me to hit a girl I was like ah she's probably gonna hit you more than you will hit her yeah <laughs> but yeah there's a, there's a you know it's 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 good you know because i I'm, I'm glad though they're because i mean it's been in the spotlight you know it's been in the in the forefront but it's always a good reminder to show people it's like look you you, you shouldn't behave like this you know you, bullying isn't something that that should be tolerated and it's good to see uh, you know, people stand up to bullies in both real life and in the entertainment that we watch. Gosh, this guy is so over the top, though. And I know they kind of explained that at the end with, you know, when when the particle accelerator, whatever happened through that, not only gave them powers, but made them more of who they are. So Barry already having kind of a hopeful, heroic mentality like that was kind of ramped up inside of him. And so it's similar in Girder, he was already a bully to begin with. So he be, kind of became the uber bully, right? Yeah, and he was definitely like way over the top with the bulliness, but uh, uh, <laughs> bulliness, you know, yeah, bu- bulliness, bully, bu- bullyitude, bullyitude, yeah, Bulligraphy. Like Bulligraphy. Bulligraphy. It's the it's, it's the, the art of punching people in the face. Yeah, yeah, that don't deserve it. Because that's the yeah. thing. He shows up. He shows up in the coffee shop, and he's like, "I think you should write an article about me because I'm like." Mr. You know, I've got my flexing, my muscles on my muscles and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Hated him, dude. I was so ready for Barry to do that running punch. I, Dude, I'll tell you what. I was hoping that uh, this would be the first dude that Barry kills. <laughs> <laughs> Not cool, man. Not cool. But well, at the like, same you know, time. It's one of those things where like he hits him so hard that like, you know, the metal structure shatters. And maybe it doesn't kill him, but like it breaks him, and like you know his arms are all messed up or something. I don't know. So what you're saying is you're not saying he should have killed him, but you understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, I. 
you know, Barry, it, it was different, right? Because Barry did not have to show any kind of restraint with this guy. This was something that he was ill-equipped for. He doesn't know how to fight. And even if he does, he doesn't, he can't really land a punch on this guy. Um, and I, I actually thought, I mean, I know that the big through line was this whole one punch. I thought he was actually going to learn to fight him by using his own inertia against him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like that's what I was thinking too. Is that if he they were going to do something where you know, sure, his hand only weighs a certain amount, but you get that certain amount traveling fast enough. Right. Yeah. And so I was thinking more like you know either multiple shots in like a split second, like you know hit him a thousand times in a split second, or something where it's like he's accelerating his hands so like like DBZ fight scenes, right, from Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> where it's like you know <laughs> you can't see their hands are moving so fast like that kind of stuff yeah yeah no but, I, that but that's the thing man even even punching like that isn't really going to put a dent in him yeah that's <laughs> what you did there but i think it would have been cool so he's doing the flurries and stuff right and he staggers him and that's when he runs five and a half miles away and then comes in for the for the for the final blow where he supersonic punches him in the face supersonic knockout furniture <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment Oh, absolute, absolute. When absolute. uh, when absolute. yeah, there you go, Abs- uh, absolute. When Cisco was actually you know building up and trying to explain how he needs to build up this inertia and then he uh, run faster than the speed of sound and it would be this sonic boom and he does the whole like mwah in the air, loved it. Yeah, dude, Cisco, I'm vibing with him, man, and that is actually not an intentional pun there. I really am vibing with Cisco. Well, I told you. You you're right, but hey, you know it took me a second to really kind of get where he was coming from. That's yeah. a, that's the thing, man. Many of these supporting characters have not had that much time in the course of these, you know, first several episodes to really kind of you know shine. Like we've gotten really kind of very quick spotlights, but I feel like now we've actually started to get some some time with these characters. They're they're getting a chance to actually, or at least I'm getting a chance to be comfortable with who they are, what their motivations are, you know, where they're coming from. Cisco, I get him now. I had a hard time figuring him out early on, but I completely and totally see where he's coming from, and uh, and I'm digging on him. Caitlin, I still need some more time with her, honestly. I, I like her. I think that she is her own character. I don't think it's fair to compare her to other characters on other shows. And I think that I, I, my guess is that once we start moving closer and closer to uh, some sort of firestorm, let's say, um, you know, <laughs> she'll have her moment in the sun or in the cold, however it'll be for her. But you, you see, she'll have her moment in the cold February air or something. It is nice that she's there to patch up Barry because, of course, the first time he lands that punch, his his hand is like shattered. Yeah, yeah. Like, see that, and that's the funny thing. So you know, you talk about healing factors, and right. everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, it'd be so great to have a healing factor because, like." you know, people could do whatever they want to you and it, and it, and it wouldn't hurt. It's like, no, no, it would hurt. Yeah. It's it would still hurt a hurts. great deal. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a really neat thing about uh, Wolverine. Uh, they, uh, they talk about this when he loses his adamantium and, uh, and like when his healing factors all down and stuff. And like, I think Jubilee was talking to him and he like pops his claws, his bone claws. And, and she's like, you know, does it hurt? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, did it hit it hurt then? He's like, yeah, you know, it's always hurt. It's just, you know, <laughs> right. it's, I, 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 in this particular instance, he had to pop his claws like every, you know, couple hours or whatever to keep the wound channels open so they wouldn't keel over. The fact that the show is actually taking the time to deal with Barry's healing process, I actually really appreciate because a lot of times with superheroes, you don't really have the whole consequences for their actions. You know what I mean? Like they might dabble with it every now and again, but for the most part, it's, you know, somebody was thrown into a brick wall and they walk away and they're fine. 
you know, with this, you're actually seeing, even though he does heal fast, he is, you know, he's having to get strapped down. He's having to get shots. He's having to get, you know, a cast around his arm. And it actually makes all this unbelievable stuff that's happening feel more believable for some reason. I don't know what it is, but that element really kind of pulls me, I guess, pulls the scenario down to earth. Yeah, you know, it's it, it shows, A, that he's vulnerable, which makes him more interesting just de facto, uh, because vulnerable characters are more interesting than invulnerable characters. Right. Um, yeah, and, 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 and Cisco in the chat points out the exact thing that I'm saying. Like, uh, that's, that's my problem with Superman as well. Cisco says, you know, that's why I never liked Superman is because he can't be hurt. And, you know, being invulnerable makes you a very static character. And the fact that Barry can actually be hurt, even though he can heal fast, he can still be hurt and he's still vulnerable. And that makes him way more interesting than say a Superman style where you just can't get hurt. Speaking of Superman. So when uh, Barry first starts describing who Girder is, while he doesn't actually name him Girder, he mentions <laughs> that, you know, punching him was like punching steel and Harrison Wells, HD Wells actually says a man of steel with kind of a thoughtful look. Now with the knowledge that you and I as viewers have, that H.G. Wells has a knowledge of a past, maybe not the current past that he is a part of, but he has kind of the knowledge of this world that other people don't know. Do you think that he was thinking, oh, this must be the time, you know, this must be his first encounter with Girder? Or are you thinking that he's actually thinking of another Man of Steel? Uh, no, I think that was simply put in there as a... Uh uh, like a, a, a teaser or cookie for the fans. Oh, well, yeah, that too. But man, I, I, there's I, no other implications you can draw from that. I don't know, man. I, every single Easter egg, every single tease, every single aspect that they, like they, they layer into this show. There's always more to it, man, because they're willing to go the extra mile. They're willing to actually expand this world beyond what our expectations are. Last week, we talked a little bit about the butterfly effect that can occur with, the Flash, or I'm sorry, with H.G. Wells existing in this world. And I have stated several times on the show, and then also, you know, when we were doing the ramp up season zero, that I believe that the Arrow Flash universe is a universe without Batman and Superman. What if, what if, Bell, in Harrison Wells's original time that he comes from, there was a Batman and Superman, but because of his coming back in a very flashpoint style of rearranging the universe maybe maybe we no longer have a superman and batman specifically because of hg wells boom drop the mic what do you think so basically you're saying obviously he can manipulate time because he came back in time no no, no. so He's not I, I wouldn't say that that he very intentionally manipulated the time that way i'm just saying it's the butterfly effect because he's here the world is very it is different from the world that he knew well, but can the butterfly effect affect things off-world and in other parts of the galaxy? Think about Earth 2. Think about Flashpoint Paradox. These are stories where people go back in time. This The idea behind this kind of multiverse is that it's not just the Earth, but it's everything, everywhere. Everything changes based on one little thing. And so, I don't know, man. I'm just throwing it out there. I think this both potentially could validate my theory uh, and ultimately, it's a cool way to kind of create a universe and explain a universe, a DC universe, in which a Batman and a Superman do not exist. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think it'd be I, I think it's a neat theory. Here's the thing. I don't think he's going to mention it. So he's, I don't think he's going to be like, yeah, you know, in my timeline, when they when they, you know, when everything eventually comes out, I don't think he's going to be like, you know, I 
in my timeline, there are these other people like Superman and Batman who defeated me, but I, you know, changed everything so that you're the only person I have to fight and we're going to fight no, and no, you have no, no help no, or something. No, 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 you're, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. When the reverse Flash, or more specifically, when Barry Allen goes back in time in Flashpoint, he inadvertently recreates the world so that Aquaman is at war with Wonder Woman, so that you know Superman ends up in a government facility and never actually becomes Superman. Cyborg becomes essentially the Superman analog. Bruce Wayne dies in the alley instead of uh, his dad. And so what I'm saying is H.G. Wells coming back in time may be the very reason why we have the universe the way it is, potentially with, who knows, maybe Clark Kent's in a government facility, maybe as we've speculated before maybe in this universe it's not bruce wayne who's batman maybe it's thomas wayne we don't know okay so i see what you're saying so him just going back in time has made a completely different earth exactly and he doesn't know the ramifications of that yet harrison wells well I, he might we, we don't know what he knows in fact that's the real question right i mean papa joe is on the case he starts you know he asks him out for a drink it's a fun time thinking oh you know these two characters these these guys typically, you know, they, they have some kind of respect for one another, but it's all under pretense because Papa Joe is starting to put the pieces together, just like us, that Harrison Wells, H.G. Wells, may very well be responsible for Barry Allen's death, or Barry's mom's death. And I'm so glad they did that because I, I love it when these shows put stuff in front of you and then realize that you're smart enough to figure it out. Like, for example, the whole... You know, Eddie and Iris were keeping their relationship secret. Right. And then when they come out to, you know, Papa Allen, uh, not pa- why do I keep calling him Papa Allen? Papa yeah. West. Because I guess he's like Barry's father figure and whatever. Anyway, so so Papa West, like he's like, yeah, I know. Because I'm, the, I'm a detective. And so I was like, thank goodness. I, I, I didn't want there to be that like, TV ep- like that TV moment where he's like, what? You know, <laughs> it's like, I, how are you that oblivious as a father when you're a detective? And so this it's the same thing here. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to question this kind of stuff going, well, you know, how come Papa West isn't like investigating some other stuff and some of these other people? Right. And now he is. And it's like, thank you, Flash writers, for not assuming that we need to be spoon fed everything. Well, and it, it goes beyond that, because a lot of people are saying because it's so obvious that Harrison Wells is, you know, is Professor Zoom, the reverse Flash, Eobarthon, whomever, uh, because it's so obvious that it's, you know, it's going to be somebody else. I would actually maintain that just because I think that doesn't mean that it's obvious. A lot of people are still arguing that he's Barry from the future. A lot of people have, uh, well, there's actually some other theories we're going to get to as part of listener feedback. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say that it is incredibly obvious. But to me, man, this I, this really kind of locks it down for me for a number of reasons. One thing is, you know, the fact that he did move to Central City a month before or after, rather, uh, Nora Allen's death. Now, there's the whole backstory. He says, go and research Tess Morgan, was it? Yeah, I think so. All right, and I did some research. Tess Morgan, not a character from the comic books. A lot of people think this is a nod to Tess Mercer, uh, who is a character from Smallville and was based kind of off of Miss Tess Marker and Mercy and also, oh gosh, she ends up actually being Lex Luthor's sister. And I, Lutessa Luthor, I want to say? No idea. All right, well, regardless, there's kind of an, she's an amalgam character. And... You know, it's it's possible this is a nod to that character. I don't know. I don't think this this woman could have existed, but I have a strong feeling that Harrison Wells is definitely responsible for her death. Yeah, and that's the thing with me is they're they're making me because I I was pretty sure, but now they're making it they're they're throwing all the breadcrumbs in that direction that it makes me question my own 
sanity <laughs> because I'm like, if they have all this evidence out there pointing towards him, maybe it's all just misdirection and it's something completely different. Even so if I, it's not specifically him, he's definitely connected to it. But not, oh, yeah. It goes beyond that, man. Consider that when Papa Joe actually even offers up the possibility, H.G. Wells, who himself has seen all of these different things happen and has seen how the particle accelerator has affected everybody. And of course, we know that he actually has this in-depth knowledge of everything that's going on. And he's obsessed with Barry and protecting Barry doesn't want to buy this theory. He's like, nope, not possible. Not going to happen. I care very much about Barry, except for in this one specific place. Now, why would that be, Bell? Well, because he obviously is responsible in some way for his mother's death. Yeah, not to mention the fact that once, you know, after that whole exchange, Papa Joe gets visited by the reverse flash into his office, steals all of his research, says with a note on the wall that says he's going to kill Iris if he doesn't back off. Now, here's the other factor. Why wouldn't the reverse flash just kill Papa Joe? Uh, Because that brings up too many questions. Mm, Does it? I mean, it, well, it's it's hard for you to kill. Well, I don't know. I mean, he is the reverse flash. I mean, he's probably got, you know, a really good way he could dispose of a body. But I mean, like, it, it's going to be hard to just explain away where he went. Doesn't have to explain away. If if the reverse flash isn't. Isn't uh, isn't Wells, then why does he care? Well, perhaps. Because, OK, so so Wells is obviously doing all this stuff to mold Barry and to shape him into the hero that he wants him to be. He's molding and him for some reason. He want he 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 has an agenda and he's affecting time and affecting Barry's life for his own agenda. We don't know what that is yet. Yes. Now, so obviously then Papa West is still part of that plan. All right, there's one there's one theory and that could very well be the case. I mean, we did talk about the fact that Wells has mentioned how Papa Joe is pretty much responsible for Barry's drive and that could be I would also offer this. I think it's because H.G. Wells actually kind of likes Papa Joe. I think there is a mutual respect there. Um, and I do think that, you know, he doesn't want to have to kill him. Yeah. Because we, he, he'll he, kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> he'll kill freaking anybody. Longtime colleagues, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And, and the threat, you know, that, that's, that's a funny thing, too, is because when he was talking to General Eiling, he threatened his life. Like he said, you know, I'll destroy more than your career. Like I'll basically saying I will kill you. Yeah. Now, he didn't threaten joe assuming wells is the reverse flash i think it's i think it's a safe assumption to still go that route now yeah now he threatened his daughter though he didn't threaten him but he threatened his daughter because he knows well he knows that that's joe's kryptonite he knows that that's what's going to cause him to back off yeah so I, i really i you know here's here's the great thing though maybe maybe i don't believe this but maybe hg wells is not the reverse flash is not eobard thon and if they pull some crazy 180, I'm going to be just as happy and excited for that as if I'm right. You know, that's the great thing. Because people keep yeah. on saying, like, well, you could be wrong. You could be wrong. Hey, if I'm wrong, kudos on them because they really, really threw me off if that's the case. But honestly, they're laying th- – this. the groundwork is here. And the other factor, too, is, man, at some point, probably in the near future, H.G. Wells is going to have to answer for his crimes. And I really love Tom Cavanaugh's portrayal of this character, whomever that character ends up being. And unless he's the reverse Flash – or get some sort of redemption story, he's going to be gone in some capacity. So I really, I really do hope that he ends up being a top tier rogue. And what other top tier rogue is there? But Eobard Don. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. 
Listener feedback this week comes to us from William Ralph Merchbanks. And he says, I know my theory on who H.G. Wells is may seem wacky or a little bit off, but after the Plastique episode, I'm even more convinced that H.G. Wells is Gorilla Grodd. There's obvious changes to Grodd's background, but seeing that Wells was standing against the general and was doing to so that Grodd would not be put up with anymore to the mistreatment doesn't match the character of Wells that we have come to know, who will kill without a hesitation. Bell. Yes. William believes that uh, Wells is Grodd. You know, this is, you know, I, it's kind of one of those things. I read it and he was like, you know, don't, don't write me off. I think this is a, this is a legitimate theory. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And I was like, you know what? That is a legitimate theory. I actually kind of like that. What if Grodd is somewhere behind the scenes controlling Wells? Hmm. Now, is this a, is this a Grodd from the future? We, because I mean, that, that, we all know that I am actually Gorilla Grodd. Well, the thing uh, is, we've been making the assumption that H.G. Wells is from the future. We don't actually know that. Interesting. So maybe if he's Grodd getting... is psychic, Bell. If Grodd is psychic, then perhaps he can kind of foresee the future. But so, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's interesting. The newspaper has a harder one to explain in this theory. Yeah, and also you know because because Grodd and Wells were you know they were in the same frame of the show, you know because like you see that the the. Well, but Grodd, he could be mentally controlling Wells. That's the thing. That's true. So the idea is that if Wells is kind of this hardcore, you know, I will like straight up kill you, but not Grodd. You know, I, I will. I have no regard for humanity, but you know, when it comes to Gorilla Grodd, you better not mess with him. Which is weird too, because if he knows the future, then he knows that Gorilla Grodd's going to be one of uh, one of the Flash's adversaries. And well, he got super pissed. Yeah, we talked Sis- about this last week, man. That the reason that he want he wants to stop, in my opinion, the reason that he wants to stop the testing on Grodd is so that he never actually becomes the Gorilla Grodd that we know from the comics. Yeah, but it could also be that Grodd's controlling him, H.G. Wells. So in that case, Grodd already got the like basically whatever testing they were doing on him worked, and now Grodd has has mental control over H.G. Wells from that point on. Which would be we've never actually seen him kill anybody prior to that that we know of. Uh, H.G. Wells? Yeah. Because that was like, that was what, 10 years ago or something like that? Yeah, you know, I don't know when that was. It was a flashback. It It was definitely a flashback. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it was absolutely a flashback, but I'm trying to think of when that was in relation to everything else. Because maybe there's a track, like, okay, so maybe maybe H.G. Wells, you know, he moves over from, uh, you know, after his wife dies in the car accident, he moves to Central City to start the, 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 the lab thing, they get the gorilla, and then Green Claw's pointing out five years ago. It was five years ago. See, because I don't know, because that's kind of weird, because he did all this kind of stuff nine years prior to that with what seems to be the intention of... Wait, what did he do nine years prior to that? We started the thing nine years prior. You mean Star Labs? It was 14 years ago, right? Yeah, uh, Star Labs. He moved 14- to Central City 14 years ago. And one would assume probably started Star Labs about that time. He already had Star Labs. They were testing gorillas in Star Labs. They were testing Grodd specifically in Star Labs. Oh, 14 years ago, he moved. Okay, he probably didn't build Star Lab then 14 years ago. Math, man. This is throwing us off. Yeah, 14 years <laughs> is a long time. Um, or 11. I don't know. It's a it's a cool theory. I think the big thing that throws it off is definitely the newspaper. Um, I have a harder time kind of going along with that theory. But I, I like it. I like the crazy theories out there. That's uh, it's that's definitely uh, it's definitely a good one. Ross C. Campbell writes in and says, Can I ask the Flash TV Talk community a question? 
who should the Flash creators cast as Mirror Master? Now, this is what I'm talking about. This is what <laughs> inquiring minds want to know. Uh, personally, as a Scot, I think they would cast a Scottish actor like Billy Boyd, one of the Hobbits. Bell, what you think about this? Uh, I'd be down with that. I, I think Billy Boyd, I, I, I like him. Uh, when I see Mirror Master, see, I'm not too familiar with Mirror Master and how his personality quirks are. So, uh, especially not the, uh, the Evan McCulloch version. Um, so I don't know, but I like Billy Boyd. I'd watch it. Sure. Here's the thing, man. This is kind of funny, but like, if you look at an updated picture of him, just the, the, his head shape and everything, man, no, but the shape of his head reminds me a little bit about the way that you, uh, that you draw a mirror, bro. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I did base it off of Billy Boyd. That was my inspiration. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not true at all. Man, he's got a little gray in his hair now. Yeah, he does. Billy Boyd. You know, being a hobbit takes it out of you, man. I guess so. Huh. And this is, he was, uh, uh, which one was he? Well, he is 46. I did not know he was 46. No, neither did I. And it, a great casting. I don't know if they'd be able to get him or not. Yeah. Because he's often, um, didn't he just record something for The Hobbit? Like, isn't there, isn't he singing the, the new song in The Hobbit? Uh... Let's see here. Here are all of Billy Boyd's closing song to The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Because he sang in uh, Return of the King. He did sing in Return of the King. To Denethor as he ate a cherry and squirted it everywhere. A cherry yeah. tomato, that is. Yeah. Huh. That'd be cool. I would love to see that. He's kind of short, though. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, 5'7". Grant's not that tall, is he? How, how tall is Grant Gustin? Uh, Grant Gustin's like 6'2". Yeah, I don't know if that would work. I don't know if that would work. Uh yeah, well, yeah, he's six two. What about you, ma'am? Who would you cast as Mirror Master? Let's see here. If we're gonna go for Scottish, I I, I like you and McGregor, man. <laughs> That's a yes. You and McGregor, they'll be able to get that. I'm just saying, I like you and McGregor. I, I think he's a great actor. I think he'd be awesome. Obi Wan Mirror Master. Oh, <laughs> Scottish actors. They're all old. See, that's the thing. Most Scottish actors are kind of, you know, older guys. Yeah. Like, well, what? I mean, the, the ones we're familiar with as, you know. Being, oh, well, yeah. I mean. You know, being Americans, we're not familiar with, you know, what TV actors they might have over there. They don't have actors in Scotland. They just. They just <laughs> <laughs> that's nationalist, man. You can't say that. <laughs> There's, no, man. There's not like. They just they import all of our, our, uh, our entertainment. That's why we have an international audience. Who now has clicked us off because I yeah. offended <laughs> all of our Scots. Never listen to us ever again. Congratulations! Come on, guys. I'm I'm Scottish on my grandmother's side, so I'm actually uh, full like not full blooded, but I can trace my ancestry all the way ba- all the way back to St Andrews. All right. Well, hey, there you go. There you go. It's pretty cool. My uh, my Scottish clan uh, defected and actually fought against William Wallace. So my Scottish clan. But we was... survived. But we survived. Oh, there you go. My, my Scottish clan uh, revolted against Oliver Cromwell and was sent to Barbados as indentured servants. Well, there you go. <laughs> so my family came to America as a slave, oddly <laughs> enough. <laughs> and there it is. Uh, all right. Well, hey, this is uh, some great thoughts. Well, we'll be sure actually um, to put that one up on the Facebook page as a daily discussion. You know, we, we haven't really thrown out some kind of casting thoughts and, and who uh, – who, you know, who some of the the larger villains that we have yet to see. Although, man, we've we've heard a ton about different villains. They yeah, cuz what with Firestorm, Grodd, uh Firestorm is not a villain, sir. No, sorry. Uh 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 Heatwave? Heatwave. There we there go. There you go. Yeah, Heatwave, Grodd, um 
haven't t- haven't heard anything about the trickster. That'd be that'd be fun. Although we've we've said for the trickster, we'd like to see uh, Mark Mark Hamill. Hamill's son. Yeah, but you know you know it's neat though because uh, uh, Iris actually mentioned some guy who can set himself on fire in in this episode. I know, I know. So we're getting closer and closer to seeing you know Captain Cold and, and Heat Wave rolling down maybe. Yeah. Huh. We'll see. I don't know. I don't think that's Heat Wave though. I think that's probably. Um... Well, I guess we don't know. We don't really know anything about Heat Wave other than, you know, he's teaming up with Captain Cold in the near future. They could actually give him the metahuman ability to, you know, go all human torch. I actually thought that might have been Firestorm, kind of in a very similar fashion to Dr. Manhattan putting himself back together again after becoming Dr. Manhattan. Ah. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if you've never read Watchmen, the the concept is that this guy gets ripped apart and this experiment and over the course of days, weeks and months, his body starts to reconstruct itself. And like, you know, basically everybody's saying this laboratory is haunted because different pieces of him is kind of, you know, coming in and out of existence. And so I was thinking maybe that's happening with firestorm. It's just, you know, he's becoming, you know, he is becoming fire and then going out or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. We have some other uh, feedback here in the chat, actually. Yeah. What people say, um, so Quistis was saying that he also noticed Dr. Wells uh, was upset when Barry said that he heard something he was familiar with talking to, uh, I guess you're referring to when they were talking about uh, uh, him, when Tony said, looks like you were born to take a beating or something like that. Mm. And yeah, so I don't know. I didn't pick up on that. I know there's like a look on, on his face where he's like, what do you mean you're familiar with something? But I, I, you know, I, I didn't pay in any mind. Well, I think I think he just meant that he was familiar, because um, because he had said he would said the same thing to him while he was beating him up as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's what I was thinking. That you know he wasn't really, he was more concerned with him remembering something from his past. But I don't know. Do you think? Do you think maybe H. G. Wells was kind of like, uh oh, did he remember something that I did uh... <laughs> when I was killing his mom? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's going to be tricky. I'm looking forward to seeing how that all goes down. One way or the other, I think it's safe to say this show continues just to knock it out of the park every single week. Yep. And uh, and we are, we're, we're definitely having fun with it. We know you guys are as well. Love every single time that the episode goes live, being able to live tweet that. And, uh, of course, uh, this week we had a lot of fun with uh, <laughs> uh, the big epic moments that we got. Well, hey, before we sign out, we got to let you guys know we're really excited because we've got a new sponsor for the show. Uh-oh. Yeah, I probably should have put this earlier on in the show, but that's okay. Um, it is our good friends at Audible, our new good friends at Audible. Uh, if you've never heard of Audible, they're an awesome audiobook service. Basically, if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, you could also be listening to audiobooks. In fact, you can get a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash flash. So if you head over there right now, use that URL to start up your account with them. You get 30 days free, and during that time, a free audiobook. Cannot beat that deal, so check them out, audibletrial.com slash flash also be sure to check out our webcomic the brogues head over to the brogues.com and find some fun stuff going on there really great stuff we mentioned mirror bro earlier this show and in this little mini arc that we've got him going on mirror bro the uh, modern day narcissist has discovered the selfie and the internet is doomed so check it out the brogues.com new issues coming out every single tuesday of course you can follow us on twitter we're at flash tv talk if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, email us at flash at That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. 
And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And also be sure to check out our uh, parent show panel to screen where this week we talk about all the latest news and comic books and comic book movies and comic book TV and pretty much anything panel to screen related. Special thanks go out to our boy Mike H. Schmidt, who does our outro music, and to Wu Kim, who prepares our show notes normally, but he's been recovering from a foot injury. Uh, so oh, sad face. I know, man. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, Wu Kim. Get well soon. We uh, hope for a speedy recovery. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around after the outro for spoilers on next week's episode, but if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Episode 7, Power Outage. Guest starring Robert Knipper as the Clock King. Ooh. Yeah, man. This episode is supposed to feature the Clock King. He was a villain that was featured on Arrow. Really excited about this. He was, uh, he's probably, um, Deathstroke notwithstanding, he's probably my favorite villain that was on Arrow. And given his nature of, you know, precise timing, I think him versus the Flash will be a really good one. So is this going to have anything to do with the Flash Arrow uh, tie-in that's coming up? You know, I think from what we've heard, the big tie-in is going to be Captain Boomerang. And if you watched, you know, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode, but Captain Boomerang was teased out this week on, on Arrow. And the spoilers that we've seen from the Flash versus Arrow event uh, have the initial cause for Arrow coming to Central City tied to Boomerang. Now, Ultimately, in that episode, we're going to see Barry, I don't know if it's necessarily turned evil or ramped up the aggression. I mean, think, this won't mean anything to you, Bell, but think of like Clark on Red K, Red Kryptonite. This is essentially going to be where Barry is, and so Arrow has to take him down. And that's where we get the Flash versus Arrow. Again, not next week, but the following. Okay, so then we got Clock King coming up this week. Yep. Which will have a little bit of an Arrow kind of tie-in sort of and then we have flash b arrow think about it this week uh think about it this way you've got clock king on arrow so you got a a arrow villain on the flash and you've got boomerang over on arrow which is a flash villain on arrow so basically they're you know it's they're swip swapping it's it's villain swap you know okay yeah it should be a reality tv show (laughs) villain swap yeah the real villains of central city i don't know (laughs) yes so not much really to it other than that. I'm really looking forward to it. Some of the images that have popped up have looked really, really awesome. And it'll be a fun one. Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I mean, so far this show can do no wrong, so I'll allow it. I still can't believe that some people didn't like this last past episode. That's insane to me. Yeah, you know, they're saying, the, the, the stuff that they're saying I can see, but like, it, it's one of those things where... Is you, it the Girder thing? Is it just he was so over the top? Yeah, they, they were mainly just, just, they didn't like Girder. Okay. I mean, I but, get that, but I, th- I feel like they explained, you know, the reason a, he was a, like that. Yeah, like the, 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 not, not the actor, but like, yeah, not Tony the actor. Woodward, the, character. the character is just, just a, a dumb sack of rocks. And like, that's all he, he's like, oh, I'm such a cool dude. Uh, I beat up the Flash. You should write about me. You yeah. should write about me. Come to my gym. Like, but, like, don't be with that tiny guy. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And like, but like, there, there are people like that. <laughs> There are. There are. That's the sad thing, right? It's like, yeah. oh, this guy's so unbelievable. No, 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 no. No, he's not. There are guys <laughs> like that. There are meatheads out there. They just can't turn themselves to metal like he can. Yeah. And and so, yeah, and there's other things like, um, 
that that they were pointing out that are things in my opinion that aren't necessarily stuff that you should really concern yourself with in a comic book television show. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's pretty much it for this week. So for more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.